Batman Universe. Hey guys, welcome back to the Batman Universe. As always, I am one half of the Harvey Dent that is our host. So I, 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 I'm the, the, the messed up, scarred half of our Two-Face, Andy DiGenova. And the handsome, put-together half is Mr. Jamie Magoo. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Andy. Wow, look at that. That's, uh, I don't... <laughs> I, can I have a little scarring? You know, I feel like I can't. I can't hold that clean cut look in you the way that you can do it. Oh, You're the man. DA man. Oh, geez, what a guy! Thanks, man. Yeah, it's fine. My pleasure. <laughs> you're scarring, by the way. It you're working it. Okay, thank it's, you. You're not like hideous. Like I enjoy looking at the scarring. It's good. It's, it is. It's it's more of a hypnotic scarring than it is like a disgusting scarring. <laughs> yeah. Chicks dig scars, okay? They love it. They love it. Bone teal. Oh, glory lasts forever. That's right. Yes. All right. So anyway, we are back uh, with exactly, I think, four days to go until the release of Batman v Superman. So uh, this is the last time you're going to hear from us before we have seen the film, which is Dude, crazy. That is bonkers. So, so bonkers. So there's tons going on. Mm-hmm. with the film right now as we get close to the release. Um, so let's first start, as we always do, with Batman v Superman and everything that's going on with the premieres and all the people talking to the press and everything leading up to the release of the movie. Um, first things first is the fact last week we talked about people were starting to see the movie. Well, even more people have now seen the film. Um, last night, we're recording this on Sunday, last night was the Mexico premiere, tonight is the New York premiere. Um, people are seeing it everywhere. By the time you're listening to this on Monday, a huge group of people have seen it through those fan screenings. So that means if you are spoiler averse, it's time to uh, crawl into the bunker and uh, seal it up for a couple days. Yeah, you gotta lock it down, uh, and we're definitely I think on that route where we're even uh, even searching for news, I'm like, oh man, I'm just really hoping that the the good folks of the internet are are playing nice, and uh, you know, as long as they don't headline an article with the spoiler, I think we can you can safely navigate for maybe the next two days. But mm-hmm. after that, after that, it's game it's game over. Or yeah, by the time, like you said, by the time people are listening to this, it's probably just safe to not go on the internet truthfully yeah those those fan screenings are where i feel like the dam is gonna break like right now everybody's being really good and respectful and they're all respecting the embargo and any reactions are very vague like thumbs ups and stuff like that yeah but once those fan screenings happen tomorrow i just don't know how much we'll be able to avoid the spoilers i mean i was very proud of the internet and respecting spoilers when it came to Star Wars in December. And I'm really hoping that that happens again here with BVS. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, uh, even right now, actually, as we speak, um, the Batman universe is covering uh, on the site a live feed, which I know is irrelevant right now, uh, but they're covering a live feed of the the premiere that's going to happen tonight. So basically, you could... I'm sure they'll still have it up. Uh, We'll have it up on the BatmanUniverse.net. But that being said, when you see the amount of people that are going to be watching this movie tonight, and then you see the amount of people that watched this movie last night, um, any number of those people takes the internet and starts typing anonymously. I mean, it's just the floodgates will open. And so, uh, yeah, if you... Ah, man, I, I, I really just... I'm hoping nothing goes too crazy just because I have a feeling there's so much, not so much, but as we've talked, there's a lot of this movie um, that could be really easily ruined, I think, uh, by a few bad apples. 
So uh, all you good apples, rise up and and knock down those bad apples. You know, That's right? Eat them up. Because as the Osmonds once taught us, one bad apple don't ruin the whole bunch, girl. That's right. Unless they hit the internet. See, in those days, the internet wasn't around, and I think yeah, they would have been like, yeah. I think they would have added the line, you know, unless you're talking about the internet, you know, and then obviously. <laughs> then then one bad apple does pretty much ruin yeah, it all. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but. Well, yeah, I mean, there were some big spoilers it. that kind of snuck out earlier in the week from some screening that happened in Korea, but. The good news is those spoilers disappeared almost immediately, and people have not been resharing them or putting stuff out there. So, so far, good job, Internet. Keep totally. it keep it locked down. Let's enjoy the movie together for the first time and discover what surprises are in store for us when we're in the theater, not beforehand. Respect it. Absolutely. And – because we're so close to that happening, um, those pre-sale tickets are have been on sale now for a few weeks, so we're getting a better idea of kind of how those sell- sales have been going on. So, um, a- according to Deadline, apparently the new uh, the pre-sale for Batman v Superman has outgrossed or has has outsold the pre-sales for Deadpool, The Avengers, and Furious Seven. Which all were, of course, huge, massive hits. But the pre-sales for Batman v Superman are even stronger than those films. And apparently, they're right on par with what The Dark Knight Rises were, which is about $25 million in pre-sales. And The Dark Knight Rises went on to have uh, the biggest opening non-3D weekend of all time at like $160 million, I think it was. Um, so all, all, all signs point to a very big opening weekend next week for BVS. Absolutely, which, you know, I think this is more in line with what we were expecting. Uh, it was a little weird uh, a few weeks back when we were getting all these really jarring, um, you know, speculations and uneasiness about this movie. Uh, just because it's like, I'm like, this has a, this is a movie with Batman and Superman in it. Like, that's the first time that this has happened in this scale of a movie. Like, they could title this movie Batman v Superman and have it be a jar of mayonnaise for two hours and it's still going to do like pretty damn good. Uh, uh-huh. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things that is, is very strange that that sort of uneasiness really took hold of the internet. So when this kind of stuff is coming out, it's like, it, it doesn't, I guess it puts me a little bit at ease just because I, I can't help but admit that I was like, wow, this is so unusual when that was going on. But I mean, truthfully, it just doesn't feel like that big of a surprise. But it's great to see the number of comparisons as well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's all good news because yeah, I mean, I think there there is a lot of nervousness around the film because so much of uh so many of us have so much invested in it doing well cuz it's launching the DCEU and so we want it to be successful. And because there are some folks out there who are, you know, trying to make it seem like it's going to fail for whatever reason, it kind of makes us all go, oh God, what if that did happen? But I think that that is absolutely not going to happen. All the tracking is extremely strong. Um, You know, I think that it will have no problem breaking the March record that the Hunger Games set a few years ago. uh, And we'll just see how high it flies by next week. But I, the important thing is that the movie, there is no way this movie is going to quote unquote bomb. It's going to be fine. Uh, The pre-sales are strong. The tracking is strong. People are going to go see this movie next week. And then the movie will speak for itself. Absolutely. And if we're basing, you know, how how it continues to to trend after that, because obviously opening weekend is a big thing. Hype is a big thing. But the movie's got to hold up. The the good thing is, as we've discussed before, 
generally positive reactions from everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the people that were naysaying are, are, are the people that really hadn't seen the movie yet or, you know, we're just kind of speculating a lot. So the overall, it seems like, um, you know, this isn't just a hype train and uh, there's going to be some really solid content behind it to keep the ball rolling, you know, which is obviously um, the whole point of all this. And, and I got to hand it to the guys at Warner Brothers. I mean, truthfully, it seems like they, they have probably one of the best teams – uh, uh, of people as far as marketing goes and, and silencing spoilers and keeping the content off the internet and, you know, out there because this movie, you know, like it or not, is just a massive benchmark in pop culture history. And the fact that we haven't seen that much out there and we do know that there are a lot of people already that have seen this movie. I mean, even up to three weeks ago, I mean, there was a, a good number of people who had seen this movie and people are, were really ex- uh, 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 being respectful of, of uh, everybody else and not spoiling it. Not to mention, I mean, I'm sure the litigation up to this point, as far as, you know, the litigation threats, um, with Warner Brothers and the people who are seeing these movies, they're like probably very sternly telling me, telling them, you know, hey, if you you are you are getting a privileged screening of this, and if you spoil this, we will we will find you like fugitive style, like we will hire Tommy Lee Jones, he will chase <laughs> you through a pipe, you will have to jump off a dam, and but you won't escape. Like I know how you're remembering that movie, but this 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 version ends with you not escaping. So. Please don't. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's spot on what they said. But the bottom, Absolutely. Line, the bottom line being, I mean, really, truthfully, that as big of a movie as this is, I mean, it's right on point with uh, on par with with Star Wars, I think, you know, as 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 massive as it is and and escaping uh, uh, being totally ruined, you know. Yes. So anyway, uh, opening weekend coming up. Uh, hopefully it'll be very interesting to see what those grosses look like. Um Hopefully it'll be huge. So moving on to the next little piece here, um, a little souvenir magazine, Jamie. Yes, sir. So as we've talked about, I mean, if there is stuff that you want to see in this movie or about this movie before you watch it, there is plenty out there already. Um, yeah, you know, there's Empire Magazine uh, did their magazine uh, spread of it, uh, Entertainment Weekly, and now there's actually this uh, – little uh official well little i shouldn't say little it's actually its own magazine its own content uh an official batman v superman magazine with 100 pages of photos and interviews uh so it's actually released by titan uh magazines uh but they partnered up with warner brothers to release uh this official movie magazine uh that is on news- newsstands now and is available for purchase online and it basically has 100 pages of behind the scenes secrets interviews uh, uh, with the cast and creators, and uh, you can see basically how the sets were made, a bunch of concept arts. It's kind of like, a, I, I think, a, a little bit combination of um, the art of and the making of book uh, mm-hmm. with, with interviews and, and all this stuff. Uh, so obviously there's a lot to making these films, so it's pretty cool to see them do this up front. Uh, and I'm sure that this is probably stays within the realm of 
I haven't truthfully gone in and, and checked out everything that's uh, to offer on this. Uh, but I think, you know, along with everything else that's been released so far, they're pretty respectful of what the story arc will be. And they just are keeping it more than likely uh, to the things that we have seen, the character designs, you know, the the um, uh, motivations of these characters, you know, the, the directors and how they went about making a lot of the things that we've covered on the Batman universe. But it's all it's very cool to see um, this sort of thing released because it just shows how massive the excitement of these movies are now. It's not just about going and seeing the movie. It's about getting excited for it and really understanding what went into making it even before it's released. So definitely go and check that out. Um, trying to figure out where the hell it's available for purchase online. I'm sure you can find it very easily if you type in Batman yeah. Superman Donna or, or check out the magazine, magazine section of your local grocery store and I'm sure you'll find it. I, yeah. What I love about this is it's so old school. Like I remember yeah. as a kid, like big movies, they would all have a souvenir magazine you could buy. I feel like that's totally tapered off kind of because print is dead, but it's <laughs> awesome that they did it for Batman v Superman. So now every time I go to the grocery store, I'm going to be going by the magazine section just so I can pick up a copy of this it looks super cool yeah i definitely want to check this out um and yeah you're right man i mean and and we got to thank egon hashtag confirmed print is dead uh he was dead on so thank you egon for doing <laughs> that in the future uh, uh so right anyway on. another little fun a viral video that went out there leading up to batman v superman henry cavill was in Times square he put this i think on facebook uh and uh yeah, i think so kind of to prove a point where he's out in Times Square, which Times Square is just completely covered in Batman v Superman posters and promotional art. And he's out there in a Superman shirt and nobody notices him at all. So kind of making the point that guess what? Glasses could work um, because he's not even wearing glasses and people don't even stop for a second to recognize who Henry Cavill is. So just a really fun thing that, that was making the rounds this week. Uh, and uh, and I love that he even wore he even wore the Superman shirt. You know, he, he kind of even gave everyone a chance to to realize who he was. And uh, it's pretty short; it's like fifteen seconds. But check it out; it's fun. Yeah, it's just hilarious, and and it it just definitely goes into how we always think that people are a lot more observant than they really are. But I mean, even the best part about it is the fact that he went out there was wearing the Superman shirt. And generally, what happens is. When somebody goes, yeah, this is this is me. I'm Superman. If you you know him going out there and people looked at him, they probably still wouldn't believe it's actually Henry Cavill out there. You know, so even looking him dead in the face and going, yeah, this is this looks just like Henry Cavill, the guy playing Superman. I'd say there's still a chance that he could probably convince them, no, actually, you know, I'm not Henry Cavill. And then <laughs> even though he's not wearing any disguise at all, so uh, just a very fun video uh, and definitely, you know. He's he's proven a little point here, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. People are not as uh, as wise to to these acts as we think. Sweet, yeah. Uh, another another video out there that you can check out. DC All Access. They got to sit down with the prop master or the prop creator uh, for Batman v Superman, Douglas Harlocker, and he gets to kind of go through all the props with one of the co-hosts of DC All Access. So they talk about the batterings, they talk about the grapple gun, they talk about the tech cowl. Um, so cool. You just get a nice closer look at Batman's current arsenal for the new film. Um, one thing that jumped out to me that I really liked was how the grapple gun, like, it looks really big compared to past grapple guns, especially compared to, like, Michael Keaton's, and has a really large, uh, 
a really large handle. And that was something that jumped out to me when I saw it. And they talk about it and he goes, yeah, well, cause he can use it as a grapple gun, but he can also use it as a weapon to kind of, you know, use that handle almost like, uh, not, not really brass knuckles, but like use it as kind of a, a, a club to make his way through bad guys, which we've seen him do in the trailer. So that was super cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's essentially kind of what they refer to as pistol whipping uh, people, but because it's got a wooden handle. There you go. There it yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not quite as, um, as, as harsh as uh, the pistol whip, which is done with a, a metal gun. Um, the butt of the gun is, is actually wood. So it's sort of like it's got that nice touch. It adds a little style, um, and he definitely can use it as a, as a fighting tool. Uh, but yeah, that I, I agree. I thought that was such a great little detail, and um, and then following that, actually, they uh, talked with um, Patrick Totopoulos, who explained uh, his thinking on uh, Batman's uh, Batmobile and uh, how, what went into making it. And he said it took that it act- it actually took five months to build two cars, and uh, that it was really hard for them to actually. Um, get tires for this thing so on top of all the engineering and figuring out the style of of the vehicle and and making it work uh it had a very specific uh wheelbase and tire size so what they had to do is they had to find uh tire uh a farming truck tires uh from israel and they basically shipped them in and shaved them down uh to get them to fit so it's it's pretty crazy the amount of uh, work that goes into these cars uh, you know, obviously the Batmobile is incredibly unique, and we know that 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 kind of work goes into it. But this is just su- this is just such a great story uh, to highlight the the amount of of work and how unique they actually are. The fact that they that was the the only way to do it was not only find a a, a truck tire from Israel, but then they had to modify it after the fact. So it's like, yeah, these are truly one of a kind vehicles. And um, and I think one of the highlights of this too, and actually, uh, when they were speaking to Douglas Harlocker, the the props guy, about uh, their, his process, they both uh, made a, a point to to talk about uh, Zack Snyder and how he has just been uh, a really really great visionary and um, a delight to work with. I think uh, actually I have the quote here, Douglas Harlocker. He said, "I have to say, it has been." Just a lovely experience working with Zach, making stuff and collaborating with him for the movie. He's a real visionary. So um, it didn't feel prompted at any at any time for them to say that. They didn't ask him what it was like to work with uh, Zach Snyder, and they didn't ask Patrick Zatopoulos. I think that Zach Snyder is clearly very involved in this process and every aspect of the process, and really influences it. Uh, very similar to Nolan, you know, Nolan was that way. I think in in his movie making. So it's cool to see, um, you know. Not he's not just a, a director, you know. He he doesn't just get in there when when it's time to tell you know the actors how to how to move or how to talk or or what have you. I mean, he's really involved in every part of this process, which I think we all you know expect uh, to to some degree. But to, to hear that they go out of their way and actually compliment him on on working with him is is even better. I think that's really cool, and I think that speaks volumes for Zack Snyder. Definitely seems like a good dude and yeah you know he's heavily involved in all this stuff so yeah it's awesome uh we it's before we get out of bvs stuff couple a couple other little things that i pulled up here um remember it was a while back there uh, matt damon was talking to the press and he said that jason Bourne uh would kick the shit out of batman 
Well, oh, Ben yeah. Affleck, Ben Affleck hit back. He said, uh, he said, Matt's going around saying this all this all over the place, but not to my face. But Matt can't even beat me up. Never mind Batman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he has a long way to go. Uh, he said, they're just finishing the Bourne movie now. When we, uh, when we have our premiere over in London, I'll see Matt and he can take me up on it. Okay. Like, can you imagine if they just like these, these friends that came up together through Hollywood and they're just like, just start brawling. Like on, (laughs) we said we do it. We we have to do it now. I'm a man of my word. And they just start fighting one another on the red carpet. It'd be like, you know, we sort of all, I I think instigated this a little bit, but. I think we all regret it, actually. This is horrible. <laughs> we, we broke like up a guys. friendship. They were yeah. best friends. Now they hate each other. <laughs> what have we done? We're monsters. Oh, However, we all know we all know that Batman would, would win against Jason Bourne. Come on, we all. Know uh, well, at the at, at the end of the day, what, there's a huge factor in there. And um, I, I was watching a, an interview with Henry Cavill yesterday. Um, I think in um, Singapore or something. I can't remember. Uh, but he was talking about uh, – they asked him uh, what was it like working with Ben Affleck and what surprised you about him. And and the first thing he said was like just his sheer size. He says, you know, you get an idea about the guy and you hear he's pretty big. But he's like the guy is like six – what is it? Six four I think he said around. And it's like he's not just some lanky, gawky, you know, six four skinny guy. It's like he's six mm-hmm. four and then, you know, large proportions, a big guy. So – I think uh, just even that factor alone, it's like, you know, if he uh, if he sat on uh, Jason Bourne, it, it might not it, it might be a game over right there. Despite any uh, technique or expertise, that uh, that could just be it. Oh, oh, it it would be. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, the classic move, the older brother move. Just like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna? It just sits on his chest, farts on him. <laughs> you know, just completely defeats yeah. him. Mm. <laughs> nice. It's the way to go. Uh, all right, moving forward, there's been a lot of talk about R-rated superhero movies uh, after the success of Deadpool, which was just huge. Like, I'm still just kind of blown away by how big Deadpool was. And so uh, Charles Charles Roven was recently asked about the possibility of R-rated DC Comics movies. Uh, and here's what he said. Uh, first of all, talking about Suicide Squad, he said, At the moment, my understanding is we're still releasing Suicide Squad as a PG-13. So there hasn't been, to my mind, a serious conversation about doing anything other than that. I understand why Deadpool was released as an R-rated film, and I think that the DC Justice League characters, particularly because so many of them are so iconographic, I don't know if that's a real word, but okay, um, have been around for so... yeah. Close enough. Um, have been around for so long and for so many generations that have grown up with them and that are still growing up with them. I think we want to present them when we finally present them to the broadest possible audience that we can. I think that's why we plan on making these movies PG-13. I'm not seeing any real reason to change. We've made some pretty edgy films that are rated PG-13. You never want to say never because we all evolve. But right now, I think we are staying the course. I think that's great uh, to hear. Yeah, I mean, I I would hate to see them be like, oh, R-rated is cool. Let's try and make something R-rated. I don't think that's the right approach at all. You know, you you rate the film for the approach that is right for that character. Yeah, I mean, do you think, honestly, Andy, that past this, this Deadpool craze, I mean, do you think the R-rated film or R-rated comic book film will survive in the same or, or thrive in the same way that Deadpool did? I mean, to me, it feels a bit of a gimmick. I understand that it's... Deadpool was the right right content to do it, I think. 
Um, mm-hmm. But but I I think that the huge numbers definitely are lending themselves more to the fact that Deadpool was also a good movie. Um, mm. And then on top of it, it was it was rated R, so it had all the hype of being rated R. It had the character that supported such a thing. And then you know, bottom line, it was like, well, not only was it this, but it was funny and it was it was entertaining. So I, I personally, I just don't see that being the draw. You know, I feel like I don't know if gimmick is the right word, but you know, it, it just it sort of it just has that specific pull pull because it is a, a very unique scenario. And I, I don't think that has lasting appeal for many other properties, or especially not not in in these broad properties like Batman and and Superman. Yeah, exactly, and that and that's exactly it. Is you know, Deadpool lends itself to that. Um, these other ones don't, so no no reason for it. I could definitely see the case for Suicide Squad, but I also think that. If you can make a great Suicide Squad movie at PG-13, don't push to R just so you can say you did, so you can feel cooler. I just don't think it's necessary. So I think that it seems as of right now, Charles Roven and that uh, crew there have their kind of head in the right place. Uh, they also kind of asked him about Lobo, uh, which we will get to in a second, um, but that it could maybe fit that R-rated bill. So here's what he said about that. He said, I'm a fan of other DC characters that I am not producing the films right now. My focus is on the DC. uh, My focus on the DC universe is the DC justice league universe. And the DC justice league universe is the justice league heroes and those villains. So I have not really focused yet on finding a character. There's a group we're maybe kicking around the idea of it. We haven't actually fully put it in development, so I can't really talk about it. I'm sorry, but at present for the time being, we're headed down this course. My guess of what he was just referring to is Justice League Dark, because we keep hearing murmurs of that. Um, and if you could think of any sort of dark characters that might push into an R-rated realm, I could see that being the case. But again, he kind of was, you know, jumping around the question. He's saying, I'm focused on the Justice League and those characters, and for those characters, it's PG-13. Right, yeah, and I, I, I think that that is a perfect example of, of doing it in the right place. You know, Justice League Dark... Lobo, those these are our characters that are naturally just uh, their their tactics are darker. You know, it's like it's like Punisher in the Marvel universe. Same kind of thing. It's like the, the sort of the people they are are they just sort of lend themselves or the, the the heroes that they are or the way that they work. They lend themselves to darker, more serious R-rated content. What I consider R-rated content. So it's not such a push. And when you get that push, I think it's unfortunate. When you when you actually notice, you take note and go, "Wow, this is more violent," or "Wow, this is a lot more crass than I expected." I think that oftentimes it's 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 probably a wrong fit. But you know, most people who are fans or know Lobo, most people who uh, know Justice League Dark, you know, it's kind of like Justice League Dark is sort of the horror film <laughs> horror mm, version, right? Of- of a superhero movie, you know, and so I agree. Suicide Squad could get pushed in that direction, but the 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 fun nature of it, I think it. I hope that it strays, and it sounds like it will um, continue to stray more on the on the lighter or you know moderate side, and and not on the that R rated side. But you know, time and a place for everything, and I think that's the key. For sure. 
Uh, and then finally, another little uh, interesting tidbit of what could have been. Um, of course, you know, Zack Snyder and everyone is out, they're out there talking to the press. So recently on Collider, Zack Snyder talked about a couple of villains who were considered to appear in Batman v Superman. And those are two of the most iconic Batman villains, uh, the Joker and the Riddler. So Zack Snyder said the Joker and the Riddler both came close to being in this movie. We talked about the possibility of putting them in. Chris Terrio and I talked about it a lot and felt that their mythological presence is felt in the movie and that's cool, but I didn't want to get my eye too far off the ball because I needed to spend the time, frankly, with Batman and Superman to understand the conflict. What do you think of that? I, I am shocked and love the idea well i don't know i don't know how much it strays in either direction i mean obviously i feel that the joker it is feels a, little, a bit more obvious that their presence would be felt in the film however the acknowledgement that riddler his his presence would be felt in the film as well um i love and i yeah. and i really hope we see even even if it's just a quick little nod i mean it's it's just like you know that very first trailer that we saw uh, of of BBS, you know, and and Batman standing, what seems to be the place where Superman killed Zod, and there was that little question mark on the on the uh, mm-hmm. pillar, you know. Even if it's just that, well, you know, it can be a bit of a throwaway at times, you know. But it's exciting if there's a little bit more to it. I mean, wow, that that would be so great, just because, uh, you know, as we've talked, and and Andy, I know you share my sentiment, especially um, with this character, but you know, he is definitely overdue. For, for getting uh, you know some attention in the cinematic mm-hmm. universe, and uh, it would be really great to see some of that that hint. And you know, even if it was just you know, who knows, Riddler in five years from now, or or something, or maybe he doesn't play the most major role in a movie, but just his existence in this universe um, is just fantastic. And I love that they don't they're not afraid they're they're having all these serious conversations. They're not afraid to stray away from anyone. So love it. Yeah, and I I just love that the Riddler is on the radar. Obviously, we yeah. know the Joker is going to be out there. I mean, the Joker's been cast. We've seen the Joker. It's I'm I'm not feeling bad about there's not going to be Joker. We we know it. But the fact yeah. that the Riddler is on the radar, and you mentioned that Easter egg that some people thought it was a Riddler question mark it might be. Um, we'll find out in a few short days. Um, the fact that they're even talking about him means that hopefully uh, he may show up sooner than later, and that would be amazing. I agree. Ah. <laughs> All right. So, now moving on to Wonder Woman. You want to take this one? I will. Yes. Uh so Wonder Woman, uh Gal Gadot, uh as we've just found out or I'm definitely Gadot. just finding Gadot, 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 Gadot. Yes. Dot 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 Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Uh, she was on Jimmy Kimmel and she was talking about uh, her initial fitting of the Wonder Woman costume, what it was like and uh, she taught us how her to say her name properly which, uh, Andy, it is It's Gal Gadot Gadot, Gadot Gadot, yes It's tough, it's a tough one uh, but, it's, but the T uh, is not silent so not I have silent. to apologize to Gal Gadot for the past year where I've been saying Gal Gadot I as well. Uh, so, you know, we were trying to be sensitive. I think uh, 
Gadot would have been like how we would have naturally just tried to say it. But we were trying to be sensitive to maybe, you know, an interesting spelling here. But uh, anyway, she was talking a little bit to uh, Jimmy Kimmel about uh, the process of her going and getting fitted for the Wonder Woman costume. And she was she said she walked into this uh, huge uh, like an airplane hangar and they just had a ton of concept of art of her. In the costume, which she said was just completely surreal, and uh, and then she tried on the costume, and it was just like this almost out of body experience for her. But she was so honored uh, that she she didn't want to mention the fact that it was really tight. Um, obviously, you know, with these costumes, they are they are really pushing towards very idealized proportions, um, which oftentimes, no matter even with somebody as tiny as Gal Gadot is. Uh, she she had a hard time uh, even kind of breathing and moving in this thing, and uh, so they they were they had to. Uh, she finally, I think, um, they either caught on to the fact that she was having trouble breathing, or uh, she she mentioned something, and then they kind of refit it to her proportions, which is great because obviously she's you know she's not she's no fatty that's for sure. So. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, making it something that she could actually move in, you know, it makes more sense, uh, obviously, because this is it's supposed to be like a warrior's costume. Uh, And Jimmy talked a little bit about how it wasn't the traditional, you know, what we've seen. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was more than the real warrior motif. Uh, And uh, then she brought up the idea that. When he was saying that, when he was about to say that, he goes, well, I wanted to talk to you about. And then I think she said my breasts. And he was like what <laughs> kind of taken aback and uh you know she's she talked about how uh and uh, you know there's been a lot of people i think on the internet uh that have commented on her breast size because again these sort of quote-unquote heroic idealized proportions how she's drawn she's generally you know very busty and uh i think she got a lot of criticism i think unfortunately for that and uh he was like no i've wasn't going to say anything about that. I think your breasts are fine if, if that's okay <laughs> for me to say that. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, it's one of those things that, you know, as we've seen with many comic books, we, we look at these characters and we, we definitely uh, hold them to these crazy high standards. They are the most ideal, you know, human beings we can see and, and, uh, or imagine. And, you know, uh, in the past, she, uh, her character has been drawn in that way. Uh, but, you know, I think it's good to to see, you know, that sort of acknowledgement. It's like, wow, you know, in this day and age, you know, people are still talking about that sort of thing, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, not a problem, I think, for most of us. I think uh, everybody's like, well, you know, I think as long as you kick ass and you do a great job representing uh, Wonder Woman and Diana Prince, you know, I think we don't really care about uh, how big your breasts or small your breasts are. I think they're... (laughs) Just fine. So uh, a kind of interesting interview. Uh, definitely check that out online. Uh, and I just love the – I think you talked about this, uh, Andy, last week when this interview came out. Just just her overall um, uh, nature and how she's just so down to earth and she just seems very fun and easy to talk to. She's not – she doesn't have these um, – planned answers you know she's really mm-hmm. talking to jimmy and 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 just feels like a very cool um uh, charismatic person and and uh you know just love her to death she, and i and i can't wait for to see her just absolutely kill it in this movie and in her yeah. own movie yeah i've been watching her on all the talk shows and she's just delightful i just love her she just comes off as so genuine and so sweet and so 
just just kind of having the time of her life, rightfully so, and and so proud to be playing Wonder Woman. She's she's awesome. I just I, I love watching her, and yeah, that interview with Jimmy Kimmel was hysterical. Absolutely. All right, so now on to Suicide Squad. Um, So David Ayer recently spoke to Total Film Magazine about... Uh, about Suicide Squad, and um, here's what he said. In your normal comic book movie, you got the good guy, the hero, and there's a checklist, and you can reverse engineer their actions from any given situation because they're going to do the right thing. There are bad guys. These are bad guys, so they have a lot more options open to them in any given situation. They're capable of anything, and that's the fun of this. Uh, He went on to reveal that there is more in store for fans who believe they have the film figured out. He says, what's interesting to me is how there's been a perception of what this film is because we've been exposed more than other movies. What people think this movie is is not what it is. There's so much more to come. It seems like that's sort of kind of, uh, sort of, kind of. This seems it's a like theme. That, it's a theme, yes. Uh, it, is, it is definitely what I think that uh, Warner Brothers is on a mission to say, you know what, uh, Everybody is going to try and figure this stuff out. And if we give them exactly what they're expecting or what is in these movies, you know, the cat's out of the bag. And so, uh, you know, it seems like there's it's either, you know, a, a portion of deception or or what I think it is, is likely, you know, we're only getting a small portion of these films or, mm. or half of these films or what have what have you, you know. So they're very selective about what they show us so that, you know, we're thinking, oh, well, yeah, this is clips from the entire movie and we know what's happening based off of this. And uh, but if you don't give us that third act or there's a middle act missing or what have you, um, you know, they, they can go all kinds of different directions, which I think is a great way to handle uh, the sort of needless um, uh, or the neediness, not needlessness, uh, the neediness of the internet and how everybody is just glommed onto these things and just trying to, you know, uh, piece them apart as, as much as they can and figure them out and scrutinize, you know, it's like a real, I guess, problem. I, I don't know if it's a problem, but it's just a very relevant thing in pop culture now. And, uh, you know, I think this is a great way of handling it, you know, and so... I hope that that's true. My guess is that it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what it's actually about. But it's also made it hard for us, I think, Andy, to really even talk about this movie because, we, you know, you guys, you even ask us questions about it and we try and give our opinion. But, like, knowing that, you know, or hearing interviews like this, it's like, what what can we possibly know truly, you know, if they were saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this is kind of the gist of it, then, okay, we can kind mm-hmm. of maybe turn to some conclusions. But this is clearly uh you know there's a lot that we don't know which is i love i think that's badass i agree and i yeah and i love that that's part of the game too is you know they show us stuff and it's from the movie but they play with it and they you know kind of lead us down a certain path so that way we get surprised when we get to go see the film and that's i love that they've already got that in mind and so uh like you i just can't wait to see what the film actually is going to be when we get a chance to see it in august um He also chimed in about Jared Leto playing the Joker, and he said, What Jared has done is absolutely incredible. When he steps onto the set, the world stops. Everything stops. What he's done is so powerful, so menacing, so palpable, you can feel him. The crew stops working and just watches him. I have to get everybody going again because he's so fascinating. 
That's pretty crazy. Which, yeah, I mean, that is what you want from the Joker. I I never had doubts that Jared Leto uh, wouldn't bring it, and it sounds like he absolutely did. Um, So, I mean, of course, his director is going to say lots of nice things about him, but even the little glimpses that we've gotten in the trailers, he is going to give us a Joker unlike we have ever seen before. And uh, that's so cool that the folks who are there, you know, I can just imagine like the Teamsters there, you know, like messing with lights and they're like, oh, just shut up, man. I've got to watch the Joker for a second. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these guys that are are in the industry, uh, you know, they it, it happens, they get jaded or they get used to. You know, what most of us as fans would consider just these like surreal, you know, moments of of sitting and and watching this god, you know, perform, Um, you know, most a lot of these guys, it's 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 a real uh, role or a real gig for them, you know, and it's just like, you know, some of these movies they're not as excited for or what or what have you. But not only the Joker, which is such a huge, iconic uh, character, you know, of course, you're going to check out what he does. But if everybody who, you know, these guys that are seemingly could be uh, in that jaded fashion are stopping to to really admire what he's doing, that I think that goes a long way. That says a lot. Totally. Yeah. So, sweet. Moving on to some animation. Yes, indeed. So we uh, everybody. This was a lot earlier this week. I think this was right in the beginning of the week. Um, we knew this is coming. Uh, well, at least we know this uh, animation is coming. This animated film is coming, The Killing Joke. Uh, but we have finally gotten our first frame of The Killing Joke, and uh, I think it's being received with uh, resounding excitement. Um, so obviously, Kevin Conroy and and Mark Hamill are. Uh, are reprising their roles as Batman and uh, the Joker once again. And uh, they commented a, l- a little bit about it. Um, and they said, um, oh, let's see, who, which one is this? Hamill said, the chance to work again with Kevin Conroy, my favorite Batman, and what some consider the definitive origin of this comic villain, iconic villain, is a dream come true for me. I am beyond thrilled to return as the Joker in The Killing Joke. And uh, Conroy commented, I've had the great real privilege of voicing batman for more than two decades and some of my favorite moments in the recording booth have been alongside mark hamill mark always enables me to be a better actor i'm thrilled that we're both going to be both back to bring these characters to life in one of the most heralded batman joker stories of all time uh so andy what did you think about this image that we saw I think so far so good. You know, it is just the one image, but I, I really like the style of Batman and the Joker here. It definitely, it seems like a, a nice little hybrid of kind of what was in the comic book of The Killing Joke and then kind of what we've seen for these animated films. But yes. I love the look of the Joker here, and I love that it appears that Batman is in the blue, which I like. So I love the style of the artwork. I'm definitely, you know, excited to see more. But for the first image, I think that this works great. I agree. It's pretty awesome, and I'd love to see the momentum on this film too. You know, after after a lot of a lot of uh, you know scrutiny and speculation, you know, it's just neat to see you know this this unfolding and kind of get to get to be excited about just this story being told. Mm, yep, it's awesome. It's a long time coming, and uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we still don't have a release date, do we? I don't think so. I, I don't I think we do. It's not on here. No, we've been talking about it for a while, but yeah, I, I my guess is it's still a bit uh, out. You know, usually these animated movies, um, you know, a lot of times we kind of find out about them when they're, I think, pretty near close to done. I think this one is uh, 
probably going to have to wait a little bit just because I think this was sort of uh, announced pretty early on. So my guess is, is uh, you know, at least six months to a year out from this movie. Well, it is this year, so it'll be less than a year because they, yeah. did, they did say 2016. But, oh, they um, did? Okay. But when in 2016 is still a big question. Um, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I'm feeling like July. I don't know why, but I, that's, that's what I'm feeling. Oh, my God. That would be so fast. Like I it mean, would they... make sense to do like a – I mean, but they've been working on it a while. Um, I feel like, you know, they could like premiere it at Comic-Con, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. But I – Usually these they have a pretty quick turnaround and they you know and we know that they announced it at last year's Comic-Con so it'll be interesting to see when it comes out but ho- my guess is sooner than later I would say the fall at the latest. Oh my gosh, I just looked it up and executive producer Bruce Tim revealed at Wizard World Comic-Con New Orleans that the Batman the Killing Joke will premiere at San Diego Comic-Con this July. Oh. Andy Well, you so I probably <laughs> I probably heard that and forgot it. You know, and then <laughs> I think actually what happened is they somehow took a time machine into the future, listened to our podcast, ran back, wrote that article and announced it at um, at uh, New Orleans Comic Con. So good job. Thanks, Andy. Yes. All right. Cool. Um, anyway, what's the next thing here? Oh, TV. So uh, get ready, boys and girls. Um, Gotham is coming back for season three. Not really a surprise because Gotham has held pretty steady and pretty strong in the ratings. Uh, it says here averaging about 9 million viewers a week uh, across all the different platforms. That's a big audience and a big hit for Fox. So Gotham has been renewed for a third season. Um, so whether you like it or not, uh, Get ready for more or continue to ignore it if you're not a fan. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, Jamie and I talked about this last week, um, not on the show, um, you know, just in, in person, in our, in in our real, real life. lives, in real life. <laughs> um, and that, you know, we're enjoying it for what it is. And so I'm happy to see it come back for a third season myself. I, I agree. I think it's really transformed a lot since uh, the first season. And so that. I think uh, has really helped it move along. You know, if it was, if they were doing the same thing that they were doing that very first season, I, I could very easily see this have uh, petered out by now. But they're really rolling with it. You know, they're not staying too attached. They they've got a good momentum, and they they uh, I think they know what they they are doing. They found their voice in the right way, or, or they're kind of um, different versions of these characters and the storytelling they want to do, but. You know, they they really are uh they're not staying very stagnant, you know. They're they're constantly changing things up, scenes and characters and scenarios. It's there's an overall arc, but you know, there's a lot of variety to it. So kudos to those guys. I think they, they definitely deserve it. Yep. So cool stuff. And then uh we we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but now the real news is about Lobo and the possibility of a Lobo film. Looks like Warner Brothers has hired uh, Jason Fuchs, who wrote the Wonder Woman script, to work on a script for Lobo. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, so last we heard, the director Brad Payton, who did San Andreas, signed on to Helm Lobo, but there have been no news since then, so we have no idea if he's still attached to it or has any interest or as he's moved on. Um, but the fact that, you know, Deadpool was such a huge hit, it does lead you to think that maybe Warner brothers is like, well, who would our Deadpool be Lobo? And so they've kind of dusting it off and maybe, uh, looking into it. And so a Lobo film, I, 
you know, personally, I'm like, sure, great. I'd, I'd go see a Lobo film. He's never been my favorite. I'm not a huge Lobo fan, but I have nothing against him. So if they want to do an, a Lobo movie, I, I would definitely check it out. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I uh, In the same realm, I've never really followed Lobo's story. I've always kind of liked his character just because um, – you know, knowing how crazy uh, his character really is. I mean, this this biker from space, you know, I just, <laughs> I love that, you know, and I, I think uh, that could be a lot of fun. Um, but in general, I think this is definitely a, a little bit of a, more of a niche character, but we've seen niche characters really triumph. And uh, I think that, you know, Warner Brothers, if they do, follow through with this i think it'll be very smart if they sort of let it um be very celebratory in what it is you know and not not they i i don't think you know in the same way that we've seen what they've done with these other characters you know the the strength of these characters is uh is letting them be who they are and and really celebrating that and i think uh if they have uh, a lobo movie you know if it's uh, again, it lends itself to, I think, more of a rated R audience and this sort of unapologetic biker badass. I think it could be a, a ton of fun. So I, I say go for it. You know, I hope it I hope it gets made. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. So yeah. uh, we'll see more on that as it develops. Uh, Moving to listener feedback. We have a lot of it. So uh, let's get started. The first one yeah. comes from listener Dave says, hey, Andy and Jamie, just finished listening to episode 156. I have a follow-up question to a message I had sent Andy in late February. Just want to know what happened to Jamie's certificate pass for the March 21st preview screening of BVS that he should have ah. received after attending last April's IMAX event. Well, Dave, thank you for the message. And Jamie, what happened to it that? What happened to it? Uh, I received it. I did. Uh, well, I at least received the email. And, uh, you know, I made the decision that I just couldn't see this movie uh, without my bat buddies because I knew that I would have to sit and not talk about it for three days <laughs> and uh, before before you know probably seeing it again and as alluring as that is to see it first you know one of the best parts of these of these movies for me I would say at least half of the fun is not just seeing the movie but obviously we do a podcast about this so I you know I love talking about it so I'm actually just co- going to sort of let that pass as difficult as it, as it is to know that I could see this movie tomorrow. You know, it's only a few days. No big deal. Um, so, yeah. So, it's it's uh, I'm bypassing it so I can see it with, with uh, Andy and old Brian. And, and we're just going to we're gonna celebrate and hold hands and cry together and watch this movie. It's going to wow. be awesome. It's, yeah. it's, that is a big deal, man. <laughs> hey, you so know. So, you passed it up. I know. I know. It's There's a part of me that I'm like – Am I a dick for doing like, you know, like do I? I kind of feel like a jerk, like passing up this opportunity when somebody could, somebody could take it. But it's one of those things that you can't, you can't give to other people. It's they said very specifically they're going to be checking IDs. It's going to, and you know, who knows? Maybe tomorrow other people will be like, oh, you could have totally given it to somebody, which I would absolutely be willing to do. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not a. Uh, I'm, if if they would be in date, if I would get in trouble, they would get in trouble. Any of that stuff, I don't want to do that anyway. So, um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm happy to wait. Um, we have waited two freaking years, Andy. So, what's another three days? No big deal. That's true. That's true. You're a strong man, and I respect you. 
<laughs> talk to me tomorrow when I'm just in a ball crying and just like. And Andy, you know everyone else is watching it. Yeah, Andy, I, what have I done? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. So thank you for the message, Dave. Next one. Yes, yeah, so we got a, a message from uh, Jason Jimbo Ritter, and he said, Hey, Jamie and Andy, I was wondering what your thoughts on the new LEGO DC Justice League film Cosmic Clash with Brainiac as the villain. What would you like to see? What would you like to see as the villain? Or I'm assuming who would you like to see as the villain in the next LEGO DC film? Anyways, keep up the good work, Jason. Uh, you know, I actually am not that familiar with the uh, Lego DC Justice League film Cosmic Clash. I didn't actually watch it. Um, but I know that at least in the um, the Lego Batman, uh, the video game that that came out, the previous one that came out, uh, Brainiac was also the villain. And I thought it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed how, um, you know, he kind of orchestrated, uh, you know, everybody and kind of was the, the puppet master for everybody and... Um, and uh, really controlled a lot of the heroes and the villains. And so I, I, I think he's fantastic. I, so I'm sorry I can't speak specifically to that story, but uh, Andy, did you catch that one by any chance? I haven't yet either. That one's relatively new. I think that one just came out like within the last couple of weeks. I watched okay. the last one on Netflix, and so I have to see if this one has popped up on there yet. Uh, but these these – I, I I keep less tabs on, so I'll have to check it out because I always enjoy them when I watch them. It's just something that I never am quite paying attention to when they're released. So I've got to check it out. Um, yeah. But I can just say from a broader sense, I, I love how they really celebrate so many different characters in these Lego uh, in these Lego movies, and they have so much fun with them. I always have a blast watching them, and so I love that they did commit one to Brainiac. Um, as for who should be the next one... Ooh, I don't know. Um, because they've done Lex and the Joker, and they've done now Brainiac. Um, like Darkseid seems like an easy answer. Yeah, I almost say you know, kind of what you were talking about, Andy, in in terms of how they really use these Lego. Uh, games and movies to kind of branch out and celebrate so many of these characters. I would say that, you know, personally, I think they should celebrate some, maybe some of these lesser known um, guys in the rogues gallery or some of these characters that may not already have a lot of popularity just because I think this is a great medium for them to kind of get a little bit of shine and a little bit of light uh, and just to see what they're all about. Because I think that, you know, uh, what I think Jeff Johns, he was the one who was talking about how basically any character can be great. It's just, you know, they need the right person to, to you know, really write them properly and, and to elevate their their sense of being and all these other things, you know. So I think that there's tons of characters within uh, the DC universe that, that definitely have that potential. And I think this is a great way uh, for them to, to give them that. Agreed. Very cool. So thank you, Jason, for the message. Moving on, the next one is from uh, our old pal, Andy P. So he says, Andy, Jamie, it's been a while since I wrote in, and I'm sorry. Just know that I've enjoyed listening to the show, and I light up like the bat signal every time you guys falsely attribute someone else's listener feedback to me. That's the dream. (laughs) That's awesome. I have many things to say. First of all, I can't remember what Brian's voice sounds like, and it saddens me. Secondly... I would fan cast Christian Bale as Solomon Grundy. That is Isn't crazy. It, uh, why not? The guy's got range. Totally. 
Uh, isn't it exciting? I've listened to the show for almost two years, and I feel like we're all on mile 26 of a marathon. We've all gone through this weight together as bat chums, and I know it'll pay off. Just wanted to thank you for the excellent coverage of all the lead up to the BVS before I go offline for the last couple days. One last question for you two before the movie comes out. What do you expect the most surprising thing about Batman v Superman to be? This could be a speculated plot point or perhaps a real world effect of the movie. Thanks again for your devoted service. Andy P. Mm. What do you think, Andy? I, I, uh, I mean, I think obviously the death of Batman is going to be the biggest one for me. That's going to be really crazy. Oh, obviously, that's going to. I mean, nuts. come on! Like, wow! Um, I did not see that coming. I I think that I I know that there is going to be something in Batman v Superman that will be controversial because Zack Snyder is not one to shy away from doing bold things with these characters, as we saw in man of steel i don't know what that will be i am just saying i know his sensibilities i know that he is ambitious and i am sure that he is going to do something in this movie that makes you go oh wow are they gonna go there and then they go there so um we'll see what that is going to be but again i i truly believe you know as someone who does not like to play it safe Zack snyder will take some creative risks with this film and i'm sure will catch some of us off guard with what may or may not happen in it um which will then of course lead to more geek discussion and debate later yeah absolutely like i i can't to without speculating way too far beyond what i know um i can't say anything specific about a plot point or anything like that but i agree andy that i think the morality of one of these characters will come be called into question and i think that's that was what happened in man of steel you know it was it was very divisive because of that you know people felt oh is this morally right is this morally wrong is this what he should do and i think that there's without a doubt in my mind whether it's Batman, whether it's you know uh, Aquaman or whoever that's going to be in this movie, um, whether it's one of them and their morality that is called into question or the actions of somebody that's called into question, I, I think that that is probably the leading thought in my mind of what I do think will happen. Just because, yeah, I I I agree. He doesn't. Zack Snyder doesn't play it safe. He wants these things to be you know, stressful almost, you know, and, and, you know, jarring because I think that has a very powerful effect on people. And so they, they don't shy away from the, the tough issues, um, when it comes into these, these movies. So, yeah, I, I agree that it's, it's going to be something, uh, very earth shattering. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that the initial reactions to, uh, the film from I think it's from Entertainment Weekly. It, they even said something about like this film doesn't pull any punches, and yeah. that does not surprise me to hear. Yeah, I agree. So thanks for the message, Andy P. It has been an amazing two-year journey leading up to this film, and now here we are, and it is upon us. So thanks for going on that journey with us and for sticking with us along the way. That's super cool. Absolutely, yeah. I, I can't thank you guys enough for riding through with us and and you know continuing to write write into us. And Andy, you've been a Andy P. You've become a, a regular writer, so thanks, man. All right, so moving on to uh, another uh, little piece from Dave. He said, "Hey guys, a couple of months ago there were rumors that Wonder Woman, a Wonder Woman teaser or suicide suicide. I I don't know why every time I try and say Suicide Squad, it's, it comes out Suicide Squad." <laughs> <laughs> Suicide, 
It's too sad, Scott. Suicide Squad trailer may play in front of BVS. What do you think the chances are that we will see either or both with the BVS release? Thanks, Dave. Um, I think a Suicide Squad trailer is very likely. I don't know about a new one. Um, I think Wonder Woman to me. Uh, uh let's see. Cause yeah, I could see them doing like the teasery thing, but it's kind of more of a Marvel deal. Um, if it was playing up front, I feel like we would have heard about it by now. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, right. I, I feel like that would have gotten out there. Cause generally when it's, when it's not a, a teaser at the end of something that you basically would have had to have seen it, you know, these, these ads and these, these commercials, they're not as, um, precious, I guess, if you will, in that same way. Um, that's usually a very precious thing, uh, for the internet, you know, when they release things on the internet, uh, that that's definitely when they build the momentum, but to just release it in front of the movie, um, it would definitely be a little different, but I, I would say, um, to get something brand new, I would be, I, I'm going to, I'm going to count on not. What do you think, Andy? I doubt it as well. Um, I honestly had expected them to do a new Suicide Squad trailer for BVS, but because they did that huge launch of the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer, I think they're just probably going to stick with that. So that way, the most amount of people can see that trailer in front of this film. I don't expect to get a Wonder Woman thing, because like you said, I think we would have already heard about it. I think that there would already be murmurs and rumors about it. Uh, I think they are waiting for Wonder Woman to kind of make her mark with this film, and then they'll move on to promoting her solo film. I would love to be wrong, because I would love to get a little teaser for Wonder Woman uh, within a week. I think that would be amazing, but I don't see it happening at this point. Well, it's already an event, right? Batman v Superman is already a massive event. So to tack on something that could be its own event on top of that seems a little bit um, like a, a loss. You know, it's like, well, why why can't you know everybody loves the kind of speculation or when they're like, oh, a new Wonder Woman trailer, it's right on the verge. It's like, oh yes, you know, we all love this, uh, you know, and the excitement of that. So um, I, 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 yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with no, yeah, like the, in that same way. So, but. Let's hope we're wrong. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I I will happily take it, but I'm just not um, counting on it. Yeah. Cool. So thank you for the message, Dave. Next message comes from Dylan Mad. He said, hey, guys, I'm dying because I've been searching for new BVS footage, promos, etc. Now I have to stop that. Since it's screening and it comes out in a week, I have to play it like Andy and stay offline. And it's tough. But listen, I have a bone to pick. I liked Batman Forever. Uh, here we too- go. <laughs> here we go. This, uh, Dylan, this, the, the, the message on the last episode wasn't for you. But anyway, anyway, he says, he says, I liked Batman Forever. I was a junior in high school when it came out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Tommy Lee Jones notwithstanding, it's not the best Batman movie, but absolutely not as unwatchable as Batman and Robin. I get it. You made a whole show about how awful Batman Forever is. You have to remember, at that time... There were only two good Batman movies and hardly any others to speak of. So was it great? No. Was it what it could have been? No. But it was still a decent 90s Batman adventure. I could argue why forever. I could argue why forever, but it's hard to do in comments. Regardless, I'm super hyped for BVS, and I think Hope will have lots of great things to discuss moving forward after next Thursday at least. Now I'm kicking myself for thinking... Uh, for thinking that the IMAX trailer is dumb, I would kill to see it in IMAX on Monday. Oh, well. 
No, you got to, Dylan, you got to treat these IMAX, uh, these premieres, all this stuff. It's a big deal nowadays. You can't ignore it. It's, it's you know, they definitely rewarded their fans with that. Uh, so uh, thanks, Dylan. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I think, I, and forgive me if I'm speaking too forwardly uh, here on your behalf, Andy, but it, I, guys, I don't think Andy hates Batman Forever. Um, if you're not getting the subtext of it. He loves riling up a certain select few who are getting um, entirely too riled up about this movie. Um, just like anybody getting too riled up for about anything, it's uh, it's kind of fun to prod and poke. Um, so while, yes, I know Andy does not quite have the appreciation for Batman Forever that myself or if you listen to previous episodes, any of the previous episodes with Brian Crosby on it, uh, we quoted it constantly, much to the disdain of Andy. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, it is what it was. It was definitely a a, a, a product of its time. It could have been better. It could have been worse. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think the important thing to remember is if you liked it and it was for you, that is all that matters. You don't have to argue night and day uh, for or against this movie. Um, there's points and counterpoints, and you know, as as Andy has already done on his holy bat pat holy bat cast um, a podcast, he is covered it as ad nauseum as far as uh you know pros and cons and um yeah it's it it can go either way so uh you know i don't know andy do you want am i right on am i uh... (laughs) no you're you're right i mean yes it is truly my least favorite batman movie yeah but it but it's also just kind of a running joke at this point you know and it is and and honestly i only bring it up because there's just a, a certain listener who takes it so personally anytime anything bad is said about batman forever and it's not you dylan so listen i know it has its defenders I know that. Um, and I also know it is absolutely a product of its time. Um, I'm never going to call it a good movie, but I'm j- I was just goofing off. So anyway, yeah. that's all. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, uh, so uh, thank you for the message, Dylan. Moving on to the next message. This is from Ali Sanchez. Jamie, yes. you want to read this one? Sure. She's Ali says, hello, Jamie and Andy. I just wanted to say I really enjoy your podcast. It makes my day at work to listen to you guys. Thanks so much for the hard work on the podcast. I also really enjoy the Holy Batcast podcast as well, and I can't get enough of either. Now, for the random Bat musings, what are your thoughts on the possible relationship between Batman and Wonder Woman in BVS? Besides the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited series, we really haven't seen the Bruce and Diana relationship explored too much, and I think this would be really cool. It seems for the trailers that there is perhaps some tension between the two. Anyways, just curious of your thoughts and if this is something you would be excited to see. As someone who has spent my girlhood days running around with foil on my wrist and a jump rope in my belt loop as a lasso of truth and who also happens to be a huge bat bat nerd, I would absolutely love to see this developed. Also, as a huge Nightwing Dick Grayson fan, do you think there's any remote chance we will see Nightwing brought to this new cinematic universe? And if so, who would you fan cast? Thanks again. You guys rock. Thank you, Allie. So very rare we get a a female listener writing in, so that's awesome to hear. And I love to hear uh, you reflect on your childhood days um, with your foil around your wrists and the jump rope uh, in your belt loop. That's that's very cool. Uh, Andy, what do you think, man? 
That's I, I love it. Thank you for the email, Allie. And um, yeah, first things first, I guess, talking about the relationship between Bruce and Diana. Yeah, it yes. has it has definitely changed over the years from the comics versus the Justice League uh, unlimited animated series, things like that. Um, I am I'm with you. I think it would be really cool to see what kind of relationship that becomes in these films. Um, I think starting off, my guess is Diana and Bruce are both after kind of similar ends so that they're almost competitors in this first film. But then kind of as their relationship progresses, you're going to see them kind of discover that they are stronger together than apart as to whether or not that will ever go down a romantic road. I doubt it will in the first film, but I think anything is possible moving forward. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but I, I am I'm with you in that I'm totally excited to see them uh, to see them interact and to see kind of how that relationship evolves. What do you think about that, Jamie? Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely going to be some romantic tension, um, just being that these are both, you know, very strong and good looking people. And uh, we've obviously seen uh, some scenes in the trailers that would would incline us um, to believe that, you know, maybe something is going on there. But I agree. I think that there's. Um, sort of bigger things at stake probably in this movie for them to really get into, um, you know, even have time to, to pursue a relationship or figure, figure each other out. Um, but I definitely think that they will try and kind of tease that idea, you know, in the same way that, you know, it happens in humanity, you know, sometimes just the, the tension of people's, you know, people who are attracted to one another is very exciting in itself. And sometimes it doesn't work out. But um, so I think it, it will it will probably be on that side for now. In the long run, it's very hard to say. Uh, I could I could go either way. But I, you know, I, I you know, we've seen Superman and and um, Wonder Woman together as well uh, many times in the comic book. So I think, you know, obviously, <laughs> He's pretty committed to Lois Lane, I think, as well um, right now. But, uh, you know, anything is possible, and I wouldn't be against any of it, truthfully. I think if it's handled well, uh, I think it'd be great. Uh, so the other piece was about um, Nightwing. Dick Grayson, and yeah. Dick Grayson. And uh, personally, I think uh, definitely, I definitely think we'll see Nightwing brought to this new cinematic universe. I don't know where. I don't know when. I don't know if it'll be through a TV show. Um, and then brought in, I, d- I don't know, but I think as far as this DC universe goes, um, my bets are on that we will see Nightwing and some representation. And I'm really uh, pushing and hoping for that as well. Yeah, I mean, and you guys know that I am a huge, massive Nightwing fan, a huge yeah. Dick Grayson fan. So I, I really hope that we are going to see him in the cinematic universe. I honestly think that we will. Um, mm-hmm either in the Batman solo film or, you know, or in a Suicide Squad film or a Justice League film. I think we're going to see him pop up eventually. Um, and and I can't wait and really hope that that ha- happens. Um, I stick with my fan cast of Zac Efron. I'm sure there are other great candidates out there. I just haven't thought of any. So I'm sticking with that for now. I really suck at, at remembering actors. Um, so, you know, I could see Zac Efron... Um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always terrible at this. Andy, you're so much better at this than I am. So I, I don't think I'm going to give an answer because I can't. Nobody rolls off, um, uh, rolls into the into my mind right now. Let me let me ponder. I feel like we do we maybe talk about this previously and we had a couple people in mind. I don't know. I feel yeah, like we did. There was someone asked for like a full fan cast of all the Robins, and I I, I tried. Um, yeah, and that was who I came up with, Dick Grayson. So. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a ton of of young actors that that would be really cool. I think. Oh, we talked about. Um, oh God, and I'm never going to remember his name. Holt. Nicholas isn't Nicholas Holt. Yes. Yes. I think we talked about maybe him um, being a, a good cast, just because he's a very you know young looking person, um, and he's kind of thin and and maybe got that that look. I think he might be a cool cast, but. Um, yeah, it would be na- it would be really neat to see a no name honestly do that as well. I, I would be I think there's tons of talent out there um, that is yet to be uh, given the chance to get hit the big screen, and so I would be totally fine with that as well. But um, that's not really a good answer. So we're we're gonna stick with what Andy said. Um, but yeah, I think we'll I definitely think we're both banking on the idea and hoping that he is going to be in the cinematic universe for sure. All yeah, right, so- and then. Uh- Thank you, Allie, for the message. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Allie. And uh, one last one from Robert Myers, who uh, he does that. He's our buddy from Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. So, uh, Andy, you want to take us into Robert's message? Sure. Sure. Here's what Robert says. Hey, guys, what's going on? Can you believe it? As I'm writing this to you right now on Thursday night, March 17th at 9.37 p.m., I will be seeing BVS in the theater a week from right now. Is that possible? Is it true? Effing alley it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember when we said years? Has it been that long? It seemed like something that was never going to happen. It was this fun idea we talked about. Uh, then one day we saw the SDCC teaser announcement. Uh, then the day we saw Ben in the costume with the Batmobile, uh, it was all monochrome, but we didn't care as we just wanted to see the car drive down the effing alley. See what I did there? (laughs) So now here we are at this moment. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. So let's take a moment while sitting in the theater, take a deep breath because we won't ever have this moment again. The moment where dreams become reality. I have a question for you both. What are two things you want to see or hear happen in this film? For me, I want to hear Bruce say the name Robin, to hear him speak of his fallen partner, uh, eluding to what happened. I don't think we're going to get the name of the fallen Robin, but just hearing Robin's name will put a huge smile on my face. And then to hear the famous line from The Dark Knight Returns, to see a Batman movie and fight like no other Batman before. I've enjoyed our three-year journey listening to you guys talk and discuss this movie, but you know what? Let's just go to the theater. Keep up the great work, guys. Rob from the Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for writing in, buddy, our uh, our co-podcaster here. Um, yeah, I think, that's a, I, I think there's a very good chance. Um, well, there's... We're definitely going to hear him say the name Robin. I mean, that's that's going to happen. Um, that would be really weird if somehow he wriggled out of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we, we know that Robin, the Robin costume, is in this movie, and that's a big uh, point of contention um, for for Bruce. Uh, so yeah, that that's a great that's a great thing though to think about. Um, just an acknowledgement of obviously we've seen that visually, but. Um, you know, it's something that we always hope that they'll kind of expand more outside of just the standard Batman lore and kind of getting into Robin. That's, that's really cool. Andy, do you have any, any things like, I mean, like the, if he said, if he said the Riddler, I would be super pumped. Like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, the the biggest thing that I, my biggest thing, uh, wish list wise is to see, um, 
honestly, to see Superman being very Superman-y, that is kind of my biggest wish list of what I hope to see. Batman-related, um, I, I already love everything that we are seeing of this Batman. Um but uh, but yeah, any sort of like neat little Easter eggs or references to Batman's past or his world or his rogues gallery or things like that, anything like that is going to make me freak out. I think that all that is super awesome. So those are the things that I'm really looking forward to. I really, really want to get some good um, Superman-y imagery going on in the film and i want to see and kind of hear about what has happened in batman's world that has brought us to this point so as long as i get those i feel like i'm going to be really really happy plus plus whatever aquaman does i just hope whatever aquaman does it is totally badass because um we still know nothing about that yeah i think i think that's we could probably count on that just you know in my mind if i were making this movie that would be like my marching order like if we're gonna have aquaman in this movie he's got to freaking steal the show as far like he's got to make the grandest entrance ever because it'll just silence all those jokes that ever been made about him ever you know and so i i have a feeling that it's going to be a safe bet that he he does deliver on that um and uh in whatever sense that he's in this movie but yeah it's really hard for me to pinpoint a specific thing you know any references to other characters that we haven't necessarily seen in this movie you know i think if he said nightwing or if he said you know anything about any involvement with gordon i think it'd be really cool um just because that's kind of been uh obviously we know that gordon is in this universe um mm. but we don't you know know his involvement in this movie at all so i think that's going to be really exciting but as a movie that's called Batman v Superman, I mean, we're really getting the Holy Grail. I mean, this is, you know, the acknowledgement of Metropolis and Batman and Robin was like a huge deal for a lot of fans back in the day. And that was just an acknowledgement of another city. And that was that was it, you know. Um, so it's very hard for me to be picky about any of those things um, and, and think about what more could I have because I just... I'm like, man, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to ask for too much. I feel like we're already getting it, you know? But, yeah, uh, exactly. I try, I try really hard to not have very, very specific wishes that I am yeah. going to be disappointed if I don't see. Um, cause I've done that with other movies where I'm like, Oh, I want this moment. And guess what? I didn't make the movie. So it's kind of unfair to expect the filmmaker to put in a moment that I thought of in my brain. Um, yeah, yeah. and so that's why I, I'm leaving it kind of open and being like, you know what? Like any acknowledgements of Batman's past and his world will make me happy. Um, and I think that, you know, whatever happens with Superman, I, I want like a great Superman image of him, like in a suit on top of the Daily Planet in the sunshine in Metropolis, something like that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Um, yeah. Like that's kind of what I'm hoping for, but I'm trying to not get too specific because then you just kind of set yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Cool. So, but you are right. Let's all go to the theater. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. It's. Uh, it's it's been two years since we've waited for this movie, Andy, and now <laughs> it's coming. What do you think? As long as we don't die in this week, coming, it's gonna be so oh great. <laughs> that was that was my own the last two years. That was, I'm so, that was really good. I'm sorry. I just it just felt like oh god. I can't even think of his name right. The guy that sings uh, the Wonder Years tune. That, that uh, just, <laughs> oh joe cocker joe cocker yeah it just felt like we should we just break into that kind of song just in celebration um yeah seriously guys man it's it is freaking here 
I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna get sentimental about this moment right now. Um, that that moment that you talked about, Rob, uh, in the theaters, that t- that deep breath before this movie starts. Like I'm 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 getting tingly thinking about that moment. That's always such a massive moment. Uh, the calm before the storm, knowing like you're about to see this thing that you've been waiting for for so long. So for all of you. Uh, Bat fans out there, for all you comic book fans out there, um, on behalf of Andy uh, and myself, we are so excited to see this movie, and we get your excitement. So if you have the haters hating on this movie, don't let it get you down. Um, you know, embrace and enjoy that move, uh, that moment, and this movie, and um, you know, just hey, wave wave that nerd flag, wave that nerd flag high. Um, it's it is here, and so the next time we talk to you guys. We will be. It'll be. I, th- I don't think I'm going to do any show notes. It's just going to be a full-on review, um, talking about yeah, Batman v man. Superman. So, um, you know, we could probably do a little portion in the beginning, uh, the keeping it spoiler-free, just for you guys who haven't seen it. But for the most part, I think it's we're not going to be able to help ourselves. So, just so you know, that's what's going to be coming uh, later this week. But guys, get out there, see this movie, support it, um, wear your fan T-shirts, um, and just and just have a blast watching this movie. Um, as always, thank you guys for checking in with us and writing in. Thanks for all the email this week. That was great. Uh, and uh, let us know what you guys think about the movie. It'll go great with, obviously, the following episode. Don't forget to check out all the other podcasts on the Batman uh, Podcast Family Network. Uh, Batman Universe Family Podcast Network, I should say. Um, as I'm sure they'll be talking about this movie, too. And then, obviously, Holy Batcast, our sister show that Andy hosts himself. As no doubt, he will definitely be talking uh, about this movie as well and I'm sure on every other Batman podcast that exists Andy will be on there as well talking about it it's going to uh, be a very busy week <laughs> the guy is everywhere he's an animal he loves this stuff um, uh, but yeah seriously thank you guys uh, man seriously I just feel like this is like a almost like a eulogy like it's that powerful to me and we're right there this is happening it's a celebration of life not death this is awesome BVS is right around the corner um, enjoy it Thank you guys for checking in. On behalf of Andy, I have been Jamie, and this has been the Batman Universe. Bye. Bye. The Batman Universe is not affiliated with Warner Brothers or DC Entertainment. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies or organizations that they happen to work for. But thanks for joining us for this episode, and we will see you around Gotham. So you want to do this? Yeah, you skiing fool. Let's do this. All right. I'm, I'm, my face is all sunburned, too. I'm going to look like a mess when you see me tomorrow. Yes. As long as you have sweet raccoon eyes. like Oh, you know I do. That's key. That's very key. I am no longer <laughs> Batman. I am the coon. <laughs> Isn't that his superhero name in uh, South Park? It's South Park, Park yes. Yeah. It's South yes. Park. <laughs> nice. The yes. coon and friends. That's me. <laughs> Solid.